You're listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is RBNJ. This is the Morning Punch and Show, the most unpredictable unconventional and authentic morning boxing talk show in the game. Thank you for joining us for some boxing talk on the clock. Today is Monday, April 30th, 2017. Our show today is brought to you by Nationwide Auto Warranties, one of the only companies in the nation to offer new car coverage for most vehicles five years or newer. Visit Nationwide Art nationwideautowarranties.com for a free quote and it is brought to you by Four Ama Home, a gift boutique unlike any other. Visit fourama.com. Um, of course, today on the show, we're going to have Jake Donovan giving us Jake's take. Uh, let me bring on my partner in crime, Jay LaBeouf, BayaCulture.net creator and founder and contributor at BlackSportsOnline.com. What's good, Jay? Good morning, RB, and good morning, listeners. We are back with you on a beautiful, beautiful Monday morning, depending on where you are, and excited to talk a little bit more boxing Excited about the great weekend of heavyweight action that took place at Wembley Stadium. So in in honor of that, today's hot question speaks to the weekend activity. Is Anthony Joshua now the best heavyweight in the division? Use the hashtag TMPS and we will share your thoughts on the show today. Great fight. We've had a ton of responses since last night on RB's Facebook, on both of our Twitters. You guys really came out of the bushes to share your thoughts on whether or not Anthony Joshua is the best heavyweight in the world currently. The best heavyweight, not the lineal heavyweight, as I had to tell somebody at 3.30 in the morning. You have to be the man. You have to beat the man to beat the man to beat the man to be the lineal champion. So let us know your thoughts and make sure you use the hashtag TMPS so we can read your thoughts. Back to you, RB. Thank you. And you know, Jay, not only do we want to know if he is the best heavyweight in the division right now, but I think I want to take it a step further later in the show when we get Jake's take. Is he the biggest star in boxing right mm, now? That is an awesome so we'll question. Take, I've we'll seen get some Jake's debate. take on that. Yeah. We definitely will. Oh, also, listeners, since we don't have a guest today, we will be do- taking your predictions for Canelo Chavez Fight Week. So please call in. The phone in- phone lines are open, 718-508-9852. We want to know your predictions. Pay-per-view happening in Las Vegas. Canelo Alvarez versus Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Please give us your responses. I didn't get a chance to watch the face-off yet. I know it was lit because they really don't like each other. I got to watch that. <laughs> yeah, listen, you can call the same number, 718-508-9852. If you'd like to play, know it or blow it. You get one shot, 10 seconds. If you win, you will win a free gift from our sponsor at 4AMA.com. Um, They have a bunch of fine leather goods, jewelry, candles, soaps, and, like, so much more. So if you want to test yourself, you want to test your boxing knowledge and your dome, then call 718-508-9852. We'll pick you up and we'll play a little know it or blow it today, Jay. Oh, yes. And also, listeners, for those of you who are in the Southern California area, we have tickets for tomorrow's PBC card. So stay tuned, listen through the show beyond, uh, throughout the show, and we'll tell you how to win those. We probably won't do a note or blow it for the tickets, but we will tell you what you need to do on Twitter to make sure that you get can win these tickets. If you are in the SoCal area, you must be in the area to win. We ain't flying nowhere. That's not in the budget. So, yeah, that's where we are at. All right. Well, we um, – let's see. Is By any chance, is Jake in the queue? I think this might be him. You're rocking with the morning punching show with RB and J, and now it's time for Jake's take. Yes. It is Jake. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Jake. Why the gunshots? Because Jake hey, is firing. Uh, it's rough in these Pepsi streets. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Just give him a Pepsi. Don't be sodas, man. Keep myself safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Jake Donovan, he's our boxing connoisseur. He is writer for FightNights.com, so make sure you go check him out. Um, 
Jake, we need to get your take today. There was um, some good fights over the weekend. Obviously, Anthony mm-hmm. Joshua with a big win over mm-hmm. Klitschko. He earned that win. It, you know, I really hope they keep him active. Um, it was the ultimate gamble with the ultimate reward. You know, it was really good for boxing. It was great for the heavyweight division. Before the fight, Eddie Hearn said, in terms of worldwide stardom, if Anthony Joshua wins this fight, he could become the biggest star in the British sport and world boxing. Do you agree? What did that one do for Joshua? I, I agree 100%. I mean, going into the fight, you can make the argument that Vladimir Klitschko was the, the world's biggest star. I mean, you know, when he fought, I mean, he fought in stadiums. You know, he demanded that, you know, his fights took place in front of 50,000 fans, you know, that a heavyweight championship could, should feel like a major event. That's what Eddie Hearn did with this fight between uh, Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko. Between the two of them, I mean, to sell 90,000 tickets like that and then to the secondary market and to run through all those tickets, I think there was like maybe 30 tickets left over by the time the opening bell was had sounded, and that's on the wow. secondary market where tickets are out at outrageous prices. I mean, people were just willing to pay, you know, ha- you know, mortgage over their house just to watch this fight, you know, just to be a part of it. I mean, it was, it was an amazing event, an amazing fight. I mean, it was a rare win on every level for boxing. So uh, mm-hmm. right now, yeah, Anthony, it's the way that Anthony Joshua won as well. Not just the fact that all those people attended the fight and all eyes were on the fight, but the way he won a heavyweight championship fight. There is no doubt Anthony yeah. Joshua right now is the biggest worldwide star in boxing today. That's right. How about for, how right. about for the people how about for the people that have been responding to our hot question? Jake, it's a little it's a little windy where you are. But what about the people who are telling us that Wilder is the biggest heavyweight star? Can Wilder put ninety thousand people in Alabama? Someone broke this down. I, like, I got mad love for Deontay Wilder. He's doing a good thing with boxing in Alabama. But his entire heavyweight title reign so far has not featured 90,000 fans. And that's not to you know, throw any shade on Deontay Wilder's drawing power. He's done well for himself in the United States. It, it's, it's not even a conversation right now. Deontay Wilder has a long way to go to, before he becomes that level of a star. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's people in the I, United know, States right now that, that still don't know who Deontay Wilder is. I mean, you, you go anywhere in England and try to find Anyone who doesn't know who Anthony Joshua is today. Come on. Well, let me pose this question to you, Jake. Say, I saw this post on Facebook this morning. Anthony Joshua to Canelo Alvarez on who is the big, biggest global star, and they cited all these numbers from how many buys it did in Mexico and Britain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We pay so much attention to pay-per-view numbers here in the U.S., but I don't really see them from Britain. Right. What do you think about the comparison between Anthony Joshua and Canelo over who is the biggest star? Okay, I don't live in Mexico, so I can't speak to uh, you know the ethnic pride that that goes over you there. I, you know, maybe you could say <laughs> you can say that maybe there's an argument that Canelo has a deeper connection to the people in Mexico, whereas like you know people in you know the United Kingdom don't necessarily eat, breathe, and live Anthony Joshua like they do boxing mm-hmm. in Mexico, and you know and gravitate towards those heroes that way. I, that's the only argument I could see where, you know, someone could say Canelo is even as big of a star as, um, as Anthony Joshua. Glo- globally, I, I don't think Canelo's on that level. He's, he's among the biggest, and he's by far right. the biggest in North America today, especially in the post-Mayweather uh, Pacquiao era, and even with Manny Pacquiao returning, Canelo is still the biggest star over here. But, nah, globally, that, it has, I, I, I can't see any argument against Anthony Joshua right now. I'm sorry. I can't. Unless yeah, you want to argue that Vladimir Klitschko is still the biggest star. <laughs> And I'm probably going to have to put my vest on right now, but I'm going to go ahead and say Anthony Joshua is a bigger star than Gennady Golovkin as well. Oh, undoubtedly. Oh, yeah. You know, Gennady's star is still on the rise, but he has a way to, I mean, he's still, I mean, he's a worldwide star. He's a legitimate worldwide star, but he's still building that, you know, superstar beyond boxing brands, you know, where he's based here in North America. I mean, had he fought in Kazakhstan, I mean, that would have been a massive event, event for his country, but. Globally, it's just no. Gennady's not in the conversation. I wouldn't even argue that Gennady's the biggest star of Canelo right now. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Jake, so we watch Anthony Joshua get off the canvas in adversity. Yeah. Why do you think these type of victories are so much more endearing? It looked like he was done in the sixth round. He got up, he battled <laughs> back, and he took down the old man. The old man was looking good. He was looking spry. His legs looked young. <laughs> Klitschko, this is probably the best Klitschko I've seen in a few fights. Yeah, you know what's funny? I mean, you, you mentioned, like, you know, you want to see people win this way. It, it's, it's the amount of respect that Vladimir Klitschko has gained from losing this way. Because usually when he gets tagged, the fight is over. He's never come back from a knockout, from a knockdown before. Usually the fight is over either right then and there or soon thereafter. 
for him to get up the way he did, because everyone thought he was able to get hit, and said, up, oh, the fight is over. Joshua was going fin- to finish him off. Joshua, it looked like he punched himself out. Vladimir came way back, put him down. Everyone thought he was going <laughs> to knock out Anthony Joshua and just you know, solidify his uh, Hall of Fame brand. But for, for both of them just to ride out the storm the way they did, I mean, they really gave the fans everything they could ever ask for in a heavyweight fight. I mean, it's, I, I'm going to go back to the, the Bo Holyfield series and say, you know, that's how good this fight was. I, I would rank it alongside mm-hmm. Bo Holyfield 1 and Bo Holyfield 3 as, you know, among the, the very best heavyweight fights that I've seen in my adulthood. Um, so it's had Anthony Joshua blown through Vladimir Klitschko, I think a lot of people would have said, oh, well, you know, he's 41 years old. He hadn't fought since the, the Fury loss when he looked like crap in that night. But the fact that both of them had to overcome adversity and then there was a knockout winner in the end, I mean, that, that just only adds to Anthony Joshua's star power. You know, maybe it made it, but, you know, I think he was already a star going into the night. And that just, you know, it, that just put him on a completely different level. And that's what makes him the man to beat right now. Well, okay. I got to talk about another star over there. Anthony Joshua, yep. he's the star. But I want to talk about his promoter, Eddie Hearn. He's a bit hmm. of a superstar, too. <laughs> he puts on shows that many promoters can't do in the United States. He, put on, he puts on fights in the fighter's home city, whereas sometimes the American <clears throat> fighters tend to fight, you know, hundreds and thousands of miles away from their, from their hometown. Um, mm-hmm. He does a lot of crossover fights, which is nice, and it makes financial sense. You know, British boxing fans, they're, they're sort of like Mexican boxing fans, right? They're like obsessed with boxing. Um, his production is second to none. He really does focus on the event. He likes yes. his fights to be really great events, and he's really great at what he does. I know a lot of people in Britain, you know, they, they're hard on him, the same way that we're hard on Top Rank and Al Heyman and right. Golden Boy. <laughs> but he does really big shit over there. Why can't he's we a, do that here, Jake? Well, you know, I mean, Eddie is smart. I mean, it shows that he's, you know, a student of the game. He learned from, you know, obviously from his father, you know, the Hall of Fame promoter, Barry Hearn. From the 1990s, when, you know, big shows in, in England, they decided, you know, they got to have all these theatrics to go along with the fight itself. You can't just give fans a boxing match, because if the boxing match sucks, then fans are going to go home and say, damn, well, you know, this is a waste of my money. You know, you go to a matchroom sport event now, it's, you know, you feel entertained from the moment you walk in until the moment you leave the arena. You know, and it's no greater example than Saturday night. I mean, you got the spectacular heavyweight fight, but you got a lot of good undercard action as well. You got to see a lot of Olympians. And then in between, there was no dead time. I mean, the, the crowd was engaged. You know, they have, you know, the whole Sweet Carolina rendition with the whole crowd is singing. I mean, to hear 90,000 people singing this, you know, on another level, greater than anything that's ever happened at Fenway Park when, you know, at Boston Red Sox games. But it's, you know, Eddie, Eddie learned from that, you know, from watching, you know, growing up in boxing, you know, from his father doing it in the 1990s. And he carried it over into the 2000s, and, you know, now into mm-hmm. 2017. He's realized, you know, British, this is a golden era for British boxing. And he can't just present mm-hmm. the sport itself. You got to, you know, you got to make it an event. You got to make people feel like they want to be there. Yeah. Not they're just going to go watch it on TV or catch an illegal stream. And, you know, if the fight sucks, you know, <laughs> nothing is lost. You know, when you watch it on a sport event, it's, it's from top. I mean, I'll put it this way. Uh, two weeks ago, we saw Martin Murray and Gabe Rosado. If that fight took place in the United mm-hmm. States, nobody would care about that fight. It would have been right. on you know, some second-level fight or maybe buried on, you know, the, the first fight of a HBO Latino show. In England, it's an event, you know, and it wasn't even that great of a yeah. fight. And what's great about Eddie, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, you know, I'm sure you want to say something, but with Eddie, no, okay. if something doesn't live up to par, you know, Eddie's going to speak out. Like, he didn't like scoring in the, in the Martin Murray uh, Gabe Rosado fight. He thought the one judge that scored way too wide for his guy, he, he thought it was ridiculous. He spoke up. When Scott Quigg lost to Carl Frampton, you know, he didn't say, oh, you know, Scott broke his jaw and it affected his performance. You know, he said it afterwards. But that night he was like, he was disappointed that Scott didn't get started quick enough because he really wanted that win against Carl Frampton, who, you know, used to fight for him. So, you know, Eddie, that's the thing about him. Not only does he give you an event, he also speaks the truth, too. I mean, in boxing, everybody lies. But Eddie, he's a man's man. You know, if something's not right, he's not going to sit there and say, oh, you know, this is what happened and make it a bunch of excuses. You know, he speaks to it. You know, he, he knows what the fans want, and when it doesn't deliver, he, he uh, assesses it, and, you know, he moves forward and makes sure it, it doesn't happen again. Yeah, I think Eddie really understands his product, and I think he understands his market, and he's able to fuse the two together, and that's what makes him so successful. Yeah. You know what I yeah, appreciate about Eddie Hearn? It's like he's made it younger and he made it sexier. He took a model. It's almost like he took the best elements of boxing, watched some WrestleMania one night, and went, you know what? Say no more. And he put them together yep. with the pyrotechnics and the exciting ring walks and the stadium and the singing. It was yeah. amazing. It was like watching WrestleMania. It was lit. So yeah, I, that, I, I yeah, enjoyed he, that. 
yeah, he gets that. He gets, you know, the whole World Cup element that goes into, you know, uh, you know global football games. It's, you know, and he brings that over to boxing. That's what Richard Schaefer is trying to do. The thing with Eddie, too, right. is, like, he's a guy you don't mind being around. I'm sure I'm a man. I'm a very comfortable yeah. saying this. He's a good-looking guy. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of women that do a lot of things, you know, be, <laughs> gain his services. But he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's he gets it. He's, he wants to be around people. He has a great personality. A lot of promoters really don't have that. It's like the negative aspect of boxing. It, you always feel like you have to pick a side, and, you know, promoters get caught up in that. You know, not to say that Eddie doesn't talk to share share of crap too, but you know, when it's an event, you want to be around him as opposed to you know just feeling like you're just part of another negative event. Yeah, well, after you know, after the fight, we heard a lot of people talk about Joshua Wilder. Joshua Wilder, that seems to be like the next fight that everyone wants to see. But Anthony Joshua used Tyson Fury as the next biggest bout for him at heavyweight. Your take on that, Jake? Uh, well, you know, people, uh, historians are going to say that Tyson Fury is still, you know, the, the world, the lineal champion, even though he, you know, you know kind of retired from the ring and, you know, now he's back. But um, I, I say as far as his event, that's absolutely the biggest event. It's going to be a much bigger event than Joshua and Wilder, really a bigger event than anyone with a belt. I mean, maybe if he goes to Australia and fights Joseph Parker, it's a massive event in Australia. But, yeah, I mean, Joshua Fury, you know, we just saw what, what this event was in England, and that's what Vladimir Klitschko, you know, coming to England – you know, two, the two biggest British heavyweights fighting each other. I, I mean, that's uh, over there. That's by far the biggest fight in history, if it happens, which mm-hmm. hopefully it does happen. I'm not sure it happens this year, but it, it's Tyson Fury kind of senses that it's going to have to happen for him because he, you know, he'll get his one comeback fight and then he's going to need something big. You know, nobody wants to see a Vladimir Klitschko rematch. I, I don't even yeah. really want to see a Joshua Klitschko rematch. I think I, I would like to see Vladimir Klitschko retire. He proved that, you know, he yeah. could overcome adversity. Even though he got knocked out, he was – I think he was winning on two of the scorecards at the time of the stoppage. I had him slightly behind. But to me, you know, this is as close to a high note, high note as he's going to go out on. I don't think he's going to do any better in the rematch. So I, I would like to see, you know, Anthony Joshua just move forward. The, the fight with Tyson Fury, it's the biggest. I don't know if it needs to happen next. I, I kind of want rather see him collect the belt and kind of force Tyson Fury into that fight. I agree. I need to see Tyson. Tyson just needs some time to work his way back. He's had some some out-of-the-ring yeah. things that have hindered his comeback. He's got a little weight to drop. Watching Joshua yeah. A fight, little. You know, he, <laughs> man, well, he, if he's got weight to drop, even Joshua, because he blew his load in round five or six, so he might want to step it up on the conditioning and not so much bulk in his future fights. That could be a challenge for him in a fight against Wilder. He might have the power advantage, but Wilder, Seymour Streamline, might have the stamina advantage. But switching gears, because I could talk about Anthony yeah. Joshua all day long, <laughs> and I might call RB oh, just yes. to do exactly I, that after the show is over. I'm trying to tell you. God is good. God is good. But that's a whole nother show. We might do that show another time for the ladies. But let's bring it back stateside a little bit, uh, Jakey Jakey. Let's talk about this Fox Sports 1 show that was happening. Uh, Marrero beat a Mayweather fighter in one punch. Fight done. 90 seconds. Yeah, this is a fight that Claudio Marrero has wanted at least for a year. I want to say since last winter. I mean, he's been waiting for it since, like, February or March of uh, 2016. They found, you know, a, a number of ways to, to the latest fight. The WBA kept, you know, letting Zambrano reign on as champion. He hadn't fought since, I want to say, it was late 2015. But the WBA said, no, nah, this fight has to happen. You know, Morero has to wait his turn in line. Morero waited. He just kept training. I mean, he trains, you know, he trains hard down in uh, Miami. He trains a lot of champions with uh, Juan Carlos Piano. With you know all the champions at Herman Casado, he's sparred with Luis Ortiz. Just to give you an idea of you know, the kind of um, training you know Marrero does in Miami, he sparred with uh, Union Dorticos. So he was absolutely ready for this fight. I don't think Zambrano was. I think Zambrano was happy to sign with Mayweather with promotions. I'm not quite sure what Mayweather, what Floyd Mayweather knew he had in Zambrano, because he's just an average. You know, he's one of those guys that you know when there's an interim title you know laying around, he's one of those guys that's going to somehow surface to this type of title fight. And that's all he really ever was. Marrero knew that you know there was. You know, there was a title to be won. He was going to win it spectacularly, and he did just that. He was disappointed that the fight didn't go longer because he really wanted to punish him just for making him wait for over a year for this fight to happen. So the fact that, you know, he, the guy went down from the first flush left hand that he, uh, that he landed, that, that was a little bit of a disappointment to Marrero, but he's happy because he's got his belt, and now he's looking at Abnamares, he's looking at Leo Santa Cruz. You know, he, he just wants to run the gamut at the featherweight division, and he made a spectacular statement on Saturday. He probably got lost in the shuffle because, you know, everyone was still focused on Joshua and Klitschko. But if you get a chance, definitely go check out Claudio Marrero because he's, you know, a guy that every other featherweight should really be looking at right now. 
He is that man. The featherweight division is heating up again, and he definitely sent a message with the one-punch knockout. You know, when we look at yeah. the Mayweather, they're having a tough time over there on the Mayweather promotion side of the street. <laughs> well, with the exception of uh, Badu Jack, who's been performing pretty well, what's going on? Do you have anything going on that you can share with us about what's happening with the Mayweather promotion stable? When are they fighting again? What's going on with them over there? Well, I mean, you know, we got Tank fighting. Um, well, now it's May first. So he's fighting later this month. He's uh, he's gonna be right. he's gonna be fighting in uh, fighting in England. So he'll get a taste of that. But I mean, beyond mm-hmm. Javante Davis, I mean, you know, the stable's looking pretty thin right now. You know, Badu Jack. We'll see what he can do with light heavyweight. He was, in my opinion, the best super middleweight in the world. You know, up to and including the draw right. with uh, James Gal, which I thought he won, but now he's right. moving up in weight. Oh, yeah. I'm not not quite sure what he could do with light heavyweight. You know, it's you know, there's a title too that I'm sure he can collect. But, you know, he's not, you know, I think the Floyd, the thing that Floyd is, you know, he's realized it, you know, late last year when he kind of went to fight hype and started bitching about all these guys that he's invested in and they're not, you know, putting in the effort and the dedication, you know, just because it's Mayweather promotions, it doesn't mean every event he, you know, uh, promotes is going to generate Floyd Mayweather money. Only Floyd Mayweather is going to generate Floyd Mayweather money. So he needs to produce a star pretty quick. It could be Javante Davis, especially if, you know, beats uh, Liam Walsh later this month, which I think he should. I think he beats a lot of all those 130-pounders. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite sure where mm-hmm. his career was going until he manhandled um, Jose Pedraza. That was a yeah. major test for him going in, and he, you know, he blew through him. He, he looked like you know, the amazing amateur that, was, that everyone said was going to be the second coming in the pro ranks. So he's, you know, he's well mm-hmm. on his way that he could become the next star. Um, I, <laughs> can use a little help on the promotion uh, you know, and, I, and the PR I side. Think I, but, yeah, yeah, I think Tank's biggest issue moving forward mm-hmm. is going to be making 130. I think mm-hmm. that he can rumble. I think he beats a lot of guys there, but yeah. he blows up in between fights in weight, and he really does have to work hard and struggle to get back down. The other day, he put a video up on on his Instagram where he was running up these stairs, and mm-hmm. it's funny because he said, "RB, did you see my video?" I said, "Yeah, but I didn't see your ads." <laughs> like, where's your ads at? So it was kind of funny because you know he eats out a lot. He's a young kid. You know, he doesn't yeah. really know any better, but I just wonder how much longer can he make 130? Yeah, well, the good news for him – I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But I was going to say the good news is that there's, you know, probably bigger stars up at 135. I mean, obviously, I don't right. think a fight with uh, Jorge Linares is going to ever happen as long as Linares remains co-promoted by Golden Boy. You know, Floyd's not going to throw any of his business that way. But, you know, there is Mikey Garcia, you know, who is a promotional free agent looking for a promoter. Uh, there, there's a lot of options for, for Tank. You know, maybe he gets one or two more fights out of uh, 130. If, uh, you know, unification bout doesn't happen, why not move up? There's plenty of star power, 135, even 140 if he wants to go that high. I don't know what his ceiling is, but uh, there's not really a lot of guys right now I would pick to beat him, you know, at least in the next couple of right. years. Right, right. Well, Jake Donovan, as yep. usual, you brought the heat, the fire. That's why I gave you the gunshot <laughs> to kick off your segment because you be right out the gate for those in the for those in the back of the room and who took the short bus into the show today remind them where they can find you and we're going to close out some jake's take for today all right yeah uh writing wise go check out fightnights.com and then on twitter just check me out at jake in the box all right jake always a pleasure we look forward to seeing you next monday for more have a great day and we'll talk soon Thanks, Jay. And, RB, congratulations on another great show on Thursday and for bringing big-time boxing back to North Carolina, at least doing it as hard as you you and Russell can. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Let's take a quick commercial break, and we will be back with some know it or blow it. If you want the best, BoxStats beats the rest. BoxStats is the best boxing app for all you boxing enthusiasts and professional boxers. Perform a quick search and get all the info you want and need. BoxStats, available on the Apple App Store. Download it for free today. BoxStats, know your opponent. All right. We want to play some Know It or Blow It. Know It or Blow It is brought to you by 4AMA.com. So 4AMA Home is based out of Durham, North Carolina, And they are a really unique gift boutique. Seriously, they have, like, the best jewelry and gifts and soaps and candles for women and men. So it would be a good treat if you win something for your lady. If there's a lady who wants to play, you can buy some smell goods for your man. um, Or should I say win some smell goods for your man? So, Jay, is there anybody willing to play Know It or Blow It with us today? Press 1 if you want to play. So here's the thing. All right, Q, I'm going to put you all on blast. I see all these people in the queue. 
Please press 1. I see the 816, the 916, the 910, the 415, the 909, the 202, the 213, the 310. All these, uh, got, you know, all these people in the queue, but somebody's got to dare to be great and press the number 1. If you want to win something from 4alma.com, what's, what's good? What's good? Who wants to put, oh, oh, we got people daring to be great. Let's go to the two one two because I got I got love for New York. Two one two seven nine three. You are live with the Morning Punch and Show. Who is this? And we know you're calling from New York. Uh, boxing fan one hundred one. What's going Hi, on, boxing what part fan? Where are you coming from? Uh, New York City. All right, nice. New York City. You ready to play? Know it or blow it? We're gonna give you ten seconds. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's go. Okay. Jay, get the, the get the 10 seconds ready. Here we go. After okay. I ask the question, we will give you 10 seconds on the clock. Who is the only woman enshrined and inducted in the International Boxing Hall of Fame in Canastota, New York? Who is the only woman inducted in the Boxing Hall of Fame in New York? Uh, Christy Martin? Nope. Try again. Layla Alley? Nope. Uh... Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm so sorry. Thanks, you don't win our gift this morning. So okay. we're going to put you back in the queue. Okay, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. See, it's tougher than people think. We got somebody. Should we go it to is. the 910 and ask him a different question, RB? Well, yeah, you know what? I only had that one. It's kind of like know it or blow it. I don't want anyone to Google it. We could try to pick someone up real quick, but but hurry up, pick them up before they get a chance to Google it. Hurry up. Nine one zero, you are live with the Morning Punch and Show. Who is this, and where are you calling from? And we've got a different. This question is Jam- this is Jamel Herring back on the show. <laughs> What's up, Jamel oh, Herring? You ain't winning nothing. <laughs> You probably you probably googled this, didn't you? No, I, I didn't Google it. I didn't Google it because I, I thought that was it. I thought it was just a one and done deal. Oh, uh, it was supposed to be one and done. But by any chance, do you know who the only woman is that's inducted in the I Boxing mean, Hall of Fame in New York? I was, I was, hey, that, that was a hard one for me. I was going to say um, Mia St. John. No, well, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and give everyone the answer. It <laughs> is a woman by the name of Eileen Eaton. Her name is Aline Eaton. She was a promoter in L.A. for many, many years. She was known by the dragging lady. Many people called her the man-eating lotus flower. She was so influential in West Coast boxing scene for like five decades. Uh, When her husband passed away, she took on his promotional company, and she put on over 10,000 boxing matches in L.A. at the Olympic Auditorium, and she was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2002, the first and only woman ever inducted in the Hall of Fame. Uh, You better school us on our boxing history. That's some good history to learn, though, because y'all threw me off with that one. Man. Well, you know, while we got you online here, let me ask you real quick. I'll ask you today's hot question before we start reading the hot question responses. Is Anthony Joshua the best heavyweight in the world right now? Um, as of now, yes. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he basically um, ended the last era of, you know, one of the great heavyweights, you know, because, you know, Vladimir won the heavyweight division no matter what people may say for over a decade. Even if he didn't feel like his fights were entertaining, you know, the, the fact is the man was still, you know, he had the heavyweight division by lock, on lock. All right. And, and um, Sorry, you know, Joshua would be legitimate. He'd be the legitimate champion, so you can't take up the fumble. Plain and simple. Amen. All right. We're going to put you back in the queue, and we are going to take some uh, responses to our hot question that we posed on Facebook. Thank you. We're going to put you back in the queue, okay? Okay. All right. Cool. So, yes, Mr. Herring is a great segue back into our hot question. I'm going to read some of the responses. Once again, just a reminder of what today's hot question is. The hot question that we pose to social media, 
Anthony Joshua now the best heavyweight in the division. So I will start with a few Twitter responses, and then uh, RB had some great extended ones on Facebook. Lee Griffin, who has a very complicated Twitter handle, says, I think most of Joshua's support are football fans, and there's a lot of them over there. So I'm not sure if that's a yes or no. Uh, Spurbs Box says, no, Klitschko let him off the hook. Emmanuel would have been all over his ass to end it. Gave him four rounds off to recoup. Our man News 1211 says, no. Fury still holds that distinction because he beat Vlad easier and didn't get almost finished in the process. Black God of War says, no. Luis Ortiz is. Anthony Joshua and Eddie Hearn will do whatever it takes to avoid him. Let's see. We have a response from Paul Ant 69 He says, yeah, he is. He's proven he can take a punch from a strong heavyweight and get up and defeat that person. He has, a, he has better skills than Wilder. Surf Kid 23 says, AJ got dropped with the first right-hand Klitschko through. He gassed out. Bronze Bomber is too fast and goes for the KO if you hurt, if you're hurt. So that's a few of the responses from face from Twitter. Let me jump over to Facebook and read some responses. Don Payne says that Anthony Joshua still has a way to go. Great showing, though. Showed lots of heart and grit. Solid skills, but he needs to polish them. He definitely has to see the others like Wilder, Fury, and Ortiz. Let's see. Danny Howard says, hands down, yes. There are very few dynamic heavyweights we've seen since the end of the 90s, and Joshua has that versatility. Wilder has had twice the fights and only shown half the quality. Parker has one and done written all over him, and there's only really Ortiz right now. Joshua's show unless otherwise. David McLeod says the best, maybe. It's fair to say he's in the top four. You can also make a case for Wilder, Ortiz, and Fury. They are the cream of the crop and are currently undefeated. The beauty of four undefeated heavyweights is you can do a round robin that could last a few years and unify the heavyweight title at the same time. A United World Heavyweight Champion is always great for the sport of boxing. We have some great, great, great responses to these questions. If you want to see extended responses, make sure you are friends with, I think she's at capacity, but go ahead on over to Raging Bay's Michelle Rosado's Facebook page to see more extended responses. We have tons of them. Maybe we'll have time to read a few more at the end of the show. Tons of tons of responses on Twitter under the hashtag TMPS, so make sure you check out that, that line. RB, the people are going crazy with I know uh, my Facebook is really lit, which you know what? That leads to tell me that Anthony Joshua, they're on to something with him. When you can get a reaction like this from our following and our listeners, he's popping. He's a star, mm-hmm. you know, because we ask a lot of hot questions every week. And, you know, we'll get responses, right, Jay? You know, like here and there. Yeah. But this one, I mean, we were flooded with yeah. responses yeah. on this one. It's really exciting. Yeah, so he's really a, exciting. That's a good indication. He, he's really that breath of fresh air for boxing. That whole 90,000, whether he, some of his fans are football fans, it doesn't matter. They went. They bought tickets. I'm assuming the tickets were not cheap. They weren't $25 tickets. And people flooded the Wembley Stadium. Ninety. Can you imagine 90,000 people at a fight? The biggest fight I've ever gone to had maybe 20,000 people. And I went to Vegas. I think it was Mayweather-Canelo is probably the biggest fight. I've gone to or Mayweather. No, I didn't go to Mayweather-Pacquiao. But at any rate, the idea of watching boxing with 90,000 people is really epic and really awesome. And I hope I get to do that someday. We need to get enough sponsors to get us over there for a Joshua fight. Me, you, and Jake. We need to, we need to be over there together. <laughs> I know. So, Boy, we and, could do some great shows. Yeah. So uh, anyway, this week, Jay, is the big Canelo Chavez Jr. fight. It is Mm -hmm. fight week. And um, we want to take some callers. We want to preview the fight. We want to take some predictions from our listeners. But first, I want to give you some reminders about this fight. You know, so let's go through a little checklist here for our listeners, Jay. Canelo Chavez, the weight contract, remember, is at 164.5. There is Mm -hmm. no rehydration clause. 
There is a rematch clause in place should Chavez Jr. win this bout. There is a stiff $1 million penalty for every pound missed, okay, for, for either fighter. So if they miss weight by a pound or two, it's a million-dollar penalty per pound. There was Olympic-style random drug testing for this fight. The fight will be distributed on HBO pay-per-view this Saturday. And uh, so those are the reminders. So now let's talk about the fight, Jay. It's going to be historic. Okay. I know a lot of people don't necessarily love the matchup. They don't like the weight. They don't, you know, they feel like it's a little fugazi, but at the end of the day, it's going to be a very historic event. These Mexicans rock hard with their boxing. They rock hard for Canelo. They they rock hard for Chavez. It just really depends what part of Mexico you're from. And it's going to be a lucrative fight that might even break some records. Any other promoter would have done the same thing. They would have made the same fight. Let's talk about the fight, Jay. Preview this fight for us and give us your prediction. So we have Canelo Alvarez, who has shown fight after fight, whether you like his previous resume, that he improves with every fight. We look at the Canelo that faced off against Floyd Mayweather those years ago, and he's definitely not the same fighter. He's bigger, he's stronger, his footwork is great, and he's matched up against a Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Hub, who up until now never really seemed like he lived up to his full his full potential, always fighting in the shadows of his, his legendary father. But for this fight, the fight previous, the fight prior to this down in Mexico, I didn't see the fight, but I know from the reports that I hear, because it was off TV, that he was focused, he was in shape, and he was ready. From Since the announcement of this fight, he has been focused. We haven't heard any shenanigans, no reports out of the camp, nothing with his dad taking to social media. All the pictures, all the reports, point to a focus, focus, whether it's the money thing or just he's ready to dare to be great. We don't know, but Chavez Jr. is heading into this fight on Saturday night, probably the best Chavez Jr. that we've seen conditioning-wise since he fought Andy Lee. Power advantage, Chavez Jr., whether you love him or hate him, he does have that one-punch power. We saw what he did late in the fight against Sergio Martinez, and he was half prepared for that, but he came on late, so he does show that he has the fortitude to go the distance if the fight goes into deep water, and he does have that ability to knock Canelo down, since he, and he is naturally the bigger man. He is going to have to do this if he wants to knock down and take down Canelo Alvarez. The machine is heavily behind him. Canelo will be effective with coming forward and cutting off the ring. He's had great strides and improvements in his footwork and that's what he'll need to do to to defeat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. But I never discount Chavez Jr. out because he does have that one one punch power. The fight, I don't know. I think it's going to go to distance. I don't think it's going to end early. I don't think it's going to be an easy task for Canelo to knock Chavez Jr. out Mm -hmm. unless some shenanigans just happen in the last couple days and he blows up and wait or he just wilds out and disappears. But I predict this fight to go to distance and Right now, I'm going to go with Canelo by majority decision. And that's my prediction Ooh. and preview for this fight. I don't think it's going to be you've an outright pre- You've been pretty Canelo. good. Your predictions actually I've, have been pretty on point lately. So what I'll say is that I think that Canelo is still very much underrated, even though he fought guys like Trout and Lara and Floyd. Um, and, and, you know, I feel like he has had – better opposition the one thing that Bernard Hopkins said that really stands out to me is Chavez is known to be a quitter he quits during camp Mm -hmm. he quits during training he takes off in between fights during the fight we saw him quit you know during the Funfara fight he has he has quit up in him so when things Mm -hmm. get tough in this fight Saturday is he going to dig deep and swim in the deep waters or is he going to quit and drown I don't think Canelo got quit in him. So I actually think that Chavez, uh, that Canelo's going to stop Chavez. The main focus on this whole promotion has been people wondering if Chavez is going to make the weight. That's crazy. That's been the whole focus of this promotion, not about Canelo's camp, not about who's look, look. It's all been about Chavez. Is he going to make the weight? That's been the topic of discussion. He does look like he's in shape. 
It does look like he's going to make the weight, whether he's drained and shot, we don't know. But let me tell you, you know who doesn't have to deal with any of this? Because Chavez is going to get a huge day, a huge payday, whether he makes the weight or not. Al Heyman. He ain't got no worries right now. Golden Boy has all the worries. They're cutting the check to Chavez. Um, You know, Heyman ain't got no worries. He don't got to deal with none of this right now. So kudos to him. But uh, I think Chavez will make the weight, but I think that Canelo is going to eat him up, and I think we're going to see the fight stop. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. RB, <laughs> I, I, I definitely see a case for you. This is just such a wild card. Chavez Jr. is just such a wild card. You just never know what you're going to get from this guy. So with that, let's go to the phone lines because I'm sure the phone lines have a lot to say about this fight. Let's start with the 334. I don't even know where that is. 334, you are on with RB and J. Who is this and where are you calling from? Uh-oh. Hello? 334? Are we in a doctor's office? Put him back in the queue. Somebody All right, three, three, four. You'll have to hit one again. Let's go. We got some other callers. I see you. If you want us to pick you up, you have to press one so that we know you are available. Please press one if you want to share your predictions. Canelo Chavez, our our man's two one two. We're gonna pick up some other callers before. If you don't pick press one, I'm gonna start randomly picking people. I see you. Somebody from Philly two six seven eight one six nine one six. Uh, 909-773, please make sure you press 1 if you want to share your predictions for Canelo Chavez. This is When you look at this fight on paper, at first when I saw the fight, I thought, "Mm, eh, money grab. But when we see how Chavez Jr. has been focused and prepared, and even when they did the press tour when they were here in Los Angeles, and I had a chance to speak briefly to Chavez Jr., he is focused. He is not playing around. There's no sparring in the middle of the living room. There's no taking off for for barbecues. Really ready to be great. Or maybe that fear of that $1 million a pound was enough. If they can find him $1 million a pound, what the hell is his purse? Does anybody know the purses for this? If you can afford to zap a man a million dollars a pound... Well, we know that the Canelo contract is around $10 million because last week on Jake's take, he said that All-Star Boxing is trying to get $8 million deducted from his purse for the lawsuit settlement. So we know that Canelo is at least doing $10 million, and then, you know, with the pay-per-view buys and all, I'm sure he gets some of that as well as Chavez. Uh, not sure if Chanel, uh, a Chavez purse, but do we have any callers that want to give us their predictions? Can anybody break down this fight for us? I want them to break down. They always have so much to say to us on Twitter about how we don't know what we're talking about, but we're giving you the platform to check us and let us know what you think the people don't want to dare to be great. I'm going to pick up our guy from the 334 and see if he stepped outside the office. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? What's up, 334? What's going Who is on? This and where are you calling from? It's Bama. The, the real dude on Twitter would not, you know, I follow y'all. I got the hood around the shirt. I don't know if you remember me from a while back. How you doing? The Norton team? What's, what's going on, man? Good to hear from you. How you doing? Let's get these predictions. Yeah. Uh, for the fight this weekend, is uh, exciting while it lasts. You know, I mean, Canelo, Canelo, a win, you know, Canelo's the best in the sport at this, at this time in my eyes. I mean, so, you know, he'll uh, he'll get the job done, but it'll be exciting. The first four or five rounds, you want to see a tough man competition at a professional level. This is it. So, what do you what do you think? What do you think uh, Chavez Jr. is going to bring, and what is Canelo going to bring? Uh, Chavez is going Chavez going to test his test his manhood. You know, that's one thing about him. He go he going to be on his front foot. You know, he go, he go coming in. That's why I said like a tough man competition. He go go in there and see how tough uh, Canelo is, and see if Canelo can handle his. Uh, his weight, you know, and the, and the weight behind his punches. But uh, at the end of the day, once Canelo takes his power, I think Canelo will start using some of those, some of the, uh, the 
the skills he's picked up through the way he's been schooled by people like Floyd and he's fought some real, uh, you know, slick fighters and stuff. And he'll start using more of his boxing skills after uh, after the first two rounds because uh, I think he'll find out that Chavez does have some fire behind those punches, but uh, Canelo definitely outclassing him. He's still to get the stoppage. It'll be a stoppage though. I don't think he'll, if he if he if he if he knock him out, it'll be by a body shot. Really? That's a good, Me, that's yeah, a good prediction. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. Yeah. When I said I yeah. think he's gonna stop him, I think his body. You're right. I agree with you 100. percent It's gonna be his body work. Very underrated. Very underestimated. Yeah. And, and just me knowing uh, Chavez's uh, background, as far as him putting that hard work in, he always looked kind of soft in the midsection. So. You know, I, I think that that's where the damage would be done at. But man, from if 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 you don't mind, man, Crisco, he cost me a little bit of change last weekend, man. Crisco had uh, the young uh. guy. Crisco had the young guy, man. He did what Crisco does, though. You know, man, he had the young guy. He had him in the sixth round. He had him. A lot of people didn't see it started off with a little, little chick left left hook. He, he really right. hurt uh, my man with that. But uh, yeah, I definitely see. Uh, Deontay Wilder taking care of business with uh with uh Anthony Joshua. He, he's a little too flat for it. Yeah, a little too flat for Who has who has Wilder fought that is even close to being on um Klitschko's level? Nobody. <laughs> okay. So why Nobody. So, so okay. So, which leads me to my next question. You know, why do you think he would make such easy work of Anthony Joshua? But see, he wouldn't be fighting Klitschko; he'd be fighting Joshua, and that that poses a mm-hmm. different style. So, I think he would he would remind Joshua more of Klitschko than than if he had fought Klitschko, then Joshua would remind him of Klitschko. It, the, mm-hmm. the, the pretty much put a uh, a title on that. On, on what happened this this past weekend, well, uh, it, it pretty much brings me back to uh, a line from Nicki Minaj uh, verse on uh, "Take It to the Head." Ah, <laughs> can, we said, uh, can we get a hot sixteen? Can we get a hot sixteen? Yeah, when she said stamina, GNC, I mean, you know, the whole thing boiled <laughs> down to when that boy Anthony Joshua got that second win. I mean, because he was done, he was done. But, you know, at that point, the only thing I wish. If it was something that you could whisper in the Klitschko ear when he when he got up when uh Joshua got up from being knocked down was when uh he went up against the ropes. If he would have just pawed with that left hand and just threw them hard right hands to the body because he was covering up tight to the head, it would have it would have really just just kept the air out of him for the rest of the fight and he could have just jabbed he, his way through the fight. Yeah, there's a there's a guy in Philly. His name is Kareem Benson. He's like a boxing junkie. You know, when I had asked about Joshua, is he the best heavyweight? You know, everybody's saying the Wilder fight, you know, is the best fight. He said, Anthony Joshua is definitely a notch above Wilder who keeps lining up these dollar menu bums in the home state to beat on. Hmm. I was like, darn. Hmm. What's the guy's name again? Is he on Twitter? His name, uh, he is, and he's on Facebook. It's Kareem Benson. He said he keeps lining up the dollar menu bums in his home state to beat on. Uh, I think we Damn. all just want to see... Wilder and that's not to say it wasn't what? supposed to happen because he was supposed to go to Russia and then the guy popped yeah. more than once um, you know and then unfortunately I think he hurt his hand but Wilder's best opponent to date is is probably Stavern. Stavern. can we yeah. agree yeah, yeah we can agree to that so so with that being said how do you think Joshua would fare with Stavern? I mean Stavern is a solid solid guy now with, with a heavy chin I mean, you know, I, hey, I like Stavern. And then to bring it to this here, he does fight. He may fight dollar menu uh, fighters, but what heavyweight doesn't? I mean, heavyweight is not a loaded division. It's not welterweight. So, I mean, I mean you can say the same thing about Anthony. You say the whole same thing about Joshua. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Joshua, he got 19 yeah. fight, 19 knockout, which this knockout is. This does put him on another level, but the 18 before that, I mean, come on, man. You never heard of those fighters. I haven't. I ain't never heard of them fighting. I watch boxing every time it's on, with PBC or whatever. So, I mean, he, neither one of those guys have a big-time resume, but at least Wilder has names like Areola, Stavern, uh, people like that, which you do recognize and that does have a solid 
resume. I mean, you know, my man, he just got mm-hmm. one on his, under his. So it, it's going to make it a bit of a good fight. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. See, this is why we have the best callers on our show. We're going to go ahead and put you back into que- in the queue and carry on with All the right. show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making me nostalgic with the Hood Runner shirt. I'm about to bring those back. Oh, thank for you, sure. Sir. Hood Runners, baby. All right. All right. So we are back in the queue. Yeah, that is a good point. Up until the fight um, this weekend against Vladimir Klitschko, if you look at Anthony Joshua's resume, we could probably say his best opponent was Dylan White. If we look at all the fighters that he's fought, well, maybe not. I don't know. Listeners, Brits, don't jump in my mentions and calling me all kind of names. Like, And I do like the way you guys cuss. It's very classy. But the that challenged him the most was Dylan White, and I would dare say that everyone would concur that Bermain Stavern is a a more challenging opponent than Dylan White. So, you know, our caller brings up a good point. We're all very, very high on Anthony Joshua, myself included, but yeah, if we did a, a resume match for match, his best win now is Vladimir Klitschko, an older Vladimir Klitschko, still a lion, but an older Vladimir Klitschko, and Wilder's best win and easy win was over Stavern. So we love the commentary. Keep the thoughts coming on your thoughts on Anthony Joshua versus Klitschko. Keep your thoughts coming and your predictions. We still want to hear from you about Canelo versus Chavez. So make sure you press one. If you want to talk on the show off air, you can hit us on Twitter on face or on Facebook. For those of you who are interested in the Southern California tickets for the fight for that's happening in Studio City tomorrow on PBC, it is Headline by Ivan Redcatch versus Argenis Mendez is on this card. If you want to win these tickets, I have two sets of two tickets. The first two people hit me on Twitter who are in the SoCal area. You have to be following me on Twitter. You better not unfollow me after you win the tickets. Hit me on Twitter so you can win these tickets. Take in care of that. Remember, that's tomorrow at the Sportsman's Lodge in Studio City, and the fight will be on PVC on Fox Sports 1 tomorrow. Back to you, R.B. All right. Well, uh, if there's anyone else who wants to chime in and give us your Camilo Chavez fight predictions, we'll still pick you up if you want to press one. We're going to move on and do some in case you missed it here. Um, Not much was going on last week in the boxing world. You know, the Joshua Klitschko fight was the biggest thing and the most talked about thing. But in case you missed it, um, Luis Arias is going to fight Magomedov. Um, on the Andre Ward versus Sergey Kovalev undercard on pay-per-view for the USBA middleweight championship. So if you missed that one, Luis Arias, he used to be a Floyd Mayweather fighter. He was a TMT fighter. That's the guy who is really close with uh, Rothman Jr. Remember that whole drama mm-hmm. that happened about a year or two ago and that stuff yeah. on all access and, and Floyd sent Jay Leon over to, to the gym to tell Luis Arias oh, that man. he was fired or whatever that or was. Uh, so anyway, he's finally getting his shot. He's finally going to be on TV on a pay-per-view undercard of Ward Kovalev. Shout out to him. Jay, uh, yeah, Jay, what else did we miss last week? What do you got? Last, last week, in case you missed it, as we know, the Fury, Peter Fury pulled out of the heavyweight title fight against Parker. They have Deontay Wilder and Dominic Brazil were both campaigning to possibly get this heavyweight title fight but they have passed and have gone on to select Razvan Kolnaju to fight against Parker in Auckland on Saturday. He is a late replacement for Britain's Huey Fury, who pulled out with a back injury. So we have a heavyweight title fight happening this weekend as well, just it won't involve any Americans. He selected somebody from Hungary. Also, and in case you missed it, news, Triple G, Triple G fans, I'm so sorry, if you thought he would be fighting this summer against Billy Joe Saunders, those were the talks, but it looks like that fight's not going to happen. According to his promoter, Tom Luffler, he got dinged up a bit in a fight against Danny Jacobs, so he's going to take the summer off to recover from that and await the winner of Canelo versus Chavez. So no Golovkin this summer against Billy Joe Saunders. I know that's a fight that a lot of people, myself included, were looking forward to seeing. But it won't be happening now. He's going to have to, we're going to just have to wait and see what happens with Canelo Chavez. And then hopefully we'll get Golovkin versus the winner of the fight. And since we're talking about another note on the Canelo thing, you know, part of the question 
the Anthony Joshua is, there's a lot of debate against the best versus the lineal. Now, in case you forgot, just a little to catch you up to speed, technically the lineal middleweight champion of the world is Canelo Alvarez. And how did we get to that point? Sergio Martinez was the lineal middleweight champion, who then lost to Miguel Cotto, who then lost to Canelo Alvarez. So for the people who don't understand best versus lineal, Gennady Golovkin is not the, little, the, not the lineal middleweight champion of the world. He is widely accepted as the best middleweight in the world, but he is not the lineal champion. Technically, that title belongs to Canelo Alvarez because he was the man who beat the man. So for those who were confused by our hot question of the day, best versus lineal, we're not asking about lineal, but the widely accepted best of the division. And that's all I got for that, RB. All right. Well, I think that, uh, let's see, it is five minutes till the hour. I think we can wrap up. Um, there's a pretty decent fight schedule this weekend. Jay, what do we got going on this weekend? What are we watching? Watching this weekend, once again, for those in Southern California, if you want those tickets, but for those of you who are going to watch it at home, City, once again, headlined by Ivan Redcatch versus Argenis Mendez. In the co-feature, Brandon Figueroa versus Luis Savadra. Excuse me for mispronouncing his name. So that's what we got on. Man, I can't. I can't. I should be an expert at anything other than Jane Doe, but I'm not. Also, this on Friday from Las Vegas on ESPN2. Those ESPN2 Golden Boy cards have been doing really well. They've got uh, Yuri Arcus Gamboa. Hopefully won't sue the promoter after the fight's done. And we've got Abraham Lopez versus Jesus Rojas in the co-feature. Yamaguchi Falcao versus Morgan Fitch also on the card. So they've got a pack pack card that's happening in Las Vegas the night before the big dance. So make sure you tune in. Also on Friday night on Unamas, Jose Ramirez versus Jake Guerrero. So if you are an Unamas fan, make sure you tune into that. But of course, all eyes are on Saturday night. The big pay-per-view happening from Las Vegas, from the T-Mobile Arena, Canelo Alvarez versus Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Also, Reyes, something tells me that we're going to get Canelo David Lemieux in September mm-hmm. and not Canelo. Aww. Let's keep an eye on that. I could be wrong, and I would love to be wrong, but I just don't see it happening. If we do get Canelo Triple G, it probably won't be until next May. Also on the cards, JoJo Diaz. Still making his way, making his strides. I like that kid. He's fighting on the undercard against Manuel Avila. Ryan Garcia is on the card. Ronnie Rios is on the card. It's a pack pack card. Marlene Esparza is fighting for the second time under the Golden oh, Boy banner against Samantha Salazar. Hopefully Samantha she's Salazar older than 13 years old. Is of age and fought in at least two or three professional boxing matches. So we will keep an eye on that shade. So that's what's happening again. And then from Auckland, New Zealand, another heavyweight title fight, Joseph Parker versus Razvan Kojanu. We will keep an eye on that because this could be Wilder's next opponent. This could be Joshua's. He could fight Luis Ortiz. We don't know. So we're going to keep an eye on this WBO heavyweight title fight this weekend. And that is the weekend fight schedule for everybody in the room, Arby. Not sure if you mentioned this one or not. Maybe I didn't catch it, but Lucas Matisse is back. Did you mention that fight? No, I So it's been, what, more than a year and a half since we've seen him? Emmanuel Taylor, he always puts up a good fight. And Lucas Matisse has been out for, what, more than a year and a half? So that could end up being a good little rumble. I mean, because Taylor always comes to fight. Matisse is going to be a little rusty. I'm sure he's going to have some ring rust on him. We really don't know about his eye, right? There was a time there where he even said that maybe he would retire. His eye was bad. And and then next, you know, oh, no, my eye is great. My eye is fine. My eye is perfect. And so we really don't know much about this eye injury and if it will have an effect on this fight. So, that's the fight on the undercard that I'm most looking forward to seeing. I think Lemieux will handle Reyes, you know, pretty easily. Right. I'm interested in seeing all the weekend. It's going to be a great fight. I'm really interested in seeing Lucas Matisse's comeback because should he become successful, which likely he will, 
what are they going to do with him next? Because we look at the top of the welterweight division, and all the welterweight top of the division belongs to the Al Heyman side of town. So at the top of the division, there's Garcia, there's Khan, there's Porter, there's Berto, there is Broner, there's Spence, you know, maybe a Tim Bradley fight in the future if they want to do business with top rank, maybe a Pacquiao fight, I don't know. But all I know is they're going to need some opponents for him, and unless they want to break, well, they're breaking bread with Al Heyman for this fight, so, and they broke bread for the Khan fight, so maybe we might see a shifting of, business opportunity well, here, to see some of these okay. well here's the common denominator they've all been b-sides they have all been sent in there to get beat dominic wade okay when they were mm-hmm. able to work with hbo and Wassler, right then Heyman puts con mm-hmm. in and allows him to fight canelo and now you know he let chavez fight uh canelo so if it's a lucrative fight and you're a b-side fighter anyway and he ain't got nothing else for you sure come on down the price is right you know um, so that's, that's the common denominator there. But anyway, guys, we are going to wrap up. We had so much fun today. Big fight weekend. We look forward to chatting with you guys all week on Twitter, on Facebook, especially on fight night. We always have a great time. We appreciate you for listening today. Make sure you visit badculture.net, ragingbabe.com. Our show today was brought to you by Nationwide Auto Warranties. Make sure you check them out. Get a free quote for new car coverage and by forama.com. We will be back next Monday from 8 to 9 with Jake's Take and uh, more boxing talk on the clock. Have a great day. Thank you for making us a part of your day. It's a wrap.